over and over and over again because no matter what I'm going through, no matter what you're going through, the Lord is good. And that is a promise. And He's consistent. So He's always good. No matter what your situation is, it's not based upon it. It's based upon who He is. So even if you're waiting for healing in your body, even if you're waiting for a job, even if you're praying over a situation, just know that the banner over your life is that God is good and that He loves you. So I know we sing this over and over again, but I want your faith to actually arise. I want your faith to be pointed straight to the Lord and you tell Him you are good even when I don't have a job. You are good even when I don't have money. You are good when I have sickness in my body because you're a constant God. So we're going to continue to sing this over our lives and we're going to continue to sing you are good and I want your faith to arise this morning. All right, can we sing you are good again? Hallelujah. Oh, and you are good. You're good. Oh, you are good. You're good. so good. He is so good. He's so good. Never, never, never gonna let you down. Oh, yeah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house today. Come on, lift your hands all over this house. Come on. Obey God right now. Come on, obey God right now. Let the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost remind you that God is good. His mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, ah, we come against the spirit of negativity. We say, Lord, you are good. You are good. You are good. Your mercy endures forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're good. You're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. Mm, come on, I want you to say it out loud. God, you are so good. Come on. Come on, look to heaven. Lord, you are so good. <laughs> come on, I thank you for your, come on, say it. I thank you for your mercy. <laughs> you're so good. I thank you for your love. You're so good. I thank you for the grace I live in. You're so Good, your good endures forever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 when I say you need to sing in the spirit, some of somebody in this room, you need to lift your hands right now and you need to exercise that gift that's inside of you, that gift of the Holy Ghost. Can you lift your hands and pray into the tongues right now in the name of the Lord Jesus? 
I pray right now. Let your revelation come. Let your spirit come. Let your people be lifted up, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would pray through us the gift of the Holy Ghost. That, Lord, you would allow us to walk in the gift of the Spirit. That you would allow us to let you, Lord, be the ruler and the reigner of our hearts and our minds. That no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. You are good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Come on, that's it. I feel it. I feel it right now. It's in the room. Come on. I want you to use that gift that God has given you. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Let the winds of refreshing come. Let the Spirit of the Lord breathe into your life today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Heavenly Father, we send angels to all our brothers and sisters who are sick today, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus that you heal every instance of flu or COVID or disease or anything else. Father, your name is above their names uh, and you are to be glorified because you are a healer, Lord. You are our doctor. You are... Lord, our everything, and Lord, we declare victory by your name and by your blood, Jesus. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, in Jesus' name. If you feel the presence of God in this building, could you give him a giant praise by hand clapping today? A praise, a praise, a praise. Lord, we love you today, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Woo, it feels good in this house today. I, I don't know about you, but I needed to feel the presence of the Lord in my life, right? And I said, I don't know about you, but I needed the reassurance presence of his mighty hand in our lives today. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many's ready to receive the word today? I said, how many is ready to receive the word today? Ah, yes, yes, yes. Amen, amen. I want you to just say a prayer right now with me, if you will. Lord, open my heart. Don't allow my mind to block what my heart needs today. Lord, I pray today. Come on, pray it. I pray today. Come on, I pray today, Father, that you minister to me today. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Today I'm going to talk to you for a little while about the simple subject called, loved, and kept. Everybody say that with me. Called, loved, and kept. Come on, say it aloud. Called, loved, and kept. Called, loved, and kept. Called, loved, and kept. Kept. Today, I'm going to take you to the book of Jude. But before I do, I want to say that the Lord is speaking in this hour to not only this church, but the churches of this great nation. He's trying to wake up a people who are called by his name. He's trying to wake up 
people there are remnant left for his last push into the second coming. How many believe Jesus is coming again? There was a passage in the Old Testament where the children of Israel will, were asked simply this, how long will you halt between two opinions? How long will you stay trying to live in two worlds? How long will we stay trying to stay with the times and yet stay holy and righteous? There is a place where Jude brings us to the book of Jude is, uh, has been for the last uh, little while something that I have read. Whether you know it or not, Jude is only one page. It's right before the book of Revelation. The book of Revelations was what the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. It tells us about his coming. It tells us about the churches in the last hour. Jude was uh, closely aligned to all of those that were a part of Jesus's uh, group, the 12, the apostles, the disciples of Christ. Jude was a brother of James, also a brother, a half-brother of Jesus. And we find that Jude wrote one page. It's a page worth reading over and over and over again. I love it because it's not uh, mincing words. It's not trying to build consensus he simply goes at it from the perspective in which he sees himself and in the church that he is writing to. In Jude 1, he says these words, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those, everybody shout to those, who have been called, who are what? Loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Called, loved, and kept. Mercy and peace and love be yours in abundance. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to live in the abundance that I am promised. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to live in the abundance which I was given. Ah, mercy, peace, and love. They're not coming. They're not supposed to be here someday. He simply states, they are yours. They are yours. Those who are called, those who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. You have a life of abundance in mercy, peace, and love. My question today is will you walk in the abundance that's already been given to you or will you scrounge around for promises that are of man? Will you look for another or will you understand that Jesus Christ is your abundance, that he is your all and all, that he is what he is promised himself to be? The church addressed in this letter has already heard the apostles' original message. They've heard the gospel and they have believed it and they have accepted it. However, they have not received, it would seem, any new revelation for some time. The church members were waiting for Jesus and his second return. They were waiting for him to come back, uh, but were unclear. Uh, they were very unclear of how to live through the time of great challenge and great change without new guidance, new revelation. 
false teachers had come in to the church who claimed to have new revelations from a higher source, uh, infiltrating the church and causing division in the church and conflict in the church. Uh, they attempted to replace the original apostles' message with a message of man, a message of sin, a message of laissez-faire. These others, as we will call them, felt they were no longer limited by the law so they could live any way that they chose. They could live in sin without any consequence. In essence, they preached that their new spiritual revelation replaced the message of the apostles had brought to the church. And yet, Paul's voice rings in my ears, if there be any other that brings you another gospel, let him be accursed. I want to tell you today that there is no new gospel, that there is no new word of God, that there is no new revelation, that there is no anything that would put itself above the name of Jesus because it's the name of Jesus that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. In this letter Jude confronts this challenge with the true message of the apostles and Jude uh, addresses a few questions that I would pose to us today. He posed the question whether the church, whether the church, if I say the church, should change with the times to take advantage of the most modern views so that we can collect the most people. He challenged what does it mean to be a Christian or remain faithful to the apostolic message. He also looked and tried to show us the true definition of faith in a changing world. This happened some 2,000 years ago, but I'm here to tell you, 2,000 years did not change the fact that cultural change and pressure is upon the church. He looks and says, how can the church defend itself from a distorted message that threatens to corrupt the name of Jesus and the blood of Christ? and the gospel that was preached and the gospel that was bought for by his blood. Jude identifies these people and he identifies them as being designated for judgment among the church. Let me just speak to you very clearly. I am not preaching today to those that are in need of salvation. I'm preaching to the church today. I'm preaching to these four walls. I'm preaching to the spirit of the hour that would try to invade the church and make us what we are not supposed to be, conformed to the world instead of conformed to Christ. I am a firm believer and I as pastor of this body of Christ declares that the word of God God is unchanging and it is forever settled in heaven. Jude identifies these people designated for judgment among the church in verses 3 and 4. Read it on the screen if you will as I read it. Dear friends, he's talking to you and I. Although I was very, listen to him, very eager to write to you about the salvation we share. Paul writes and says, friends, I want to write to you about the gospel. I want to celebrate Jesus and all that he has done for us. But then he says, I felt compelled. There was something within me that I observed in the church, something that I felt that I compelled, I was compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith. To contend for the faith. To contend for the faith. 
That word contend means to fight for. It means to uh, aggressively stand for. It means uh, that there is something worth dying for. He wanted them uh, to talk about the gospel, but he could not talk about the gospel while they were not having the faith that they needed in the own body of Christ. You see, we cannot reach others until we have reached ourselves. I'm going to let that sink in for just a second. I said we cannot reach others until we reach ourselves. Until we understand that there's something worth fighting for. That there's something that we need to contend for. The faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people, he writes. He writes in verse 4, for certain individuals. Everybody say certain individuals. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not everybody. <laughs> Come on, uh, it's not everybody, <laughs> but it's somebody. It's, it's a spirit. It's not individuals who are trying to be malicious, but rather it's individuals uh, that are under the, uh, the guise and the, and the delusion that Satan tries to give to us all, by the way. Uh, nobody is exempt from this, uh, where we believe uh, that there might be another gospel, that the Word of God is a group of suggestions. Uh, I'm here to declare and preach today as your pastor uh, that this is the hour in which we need to know who we are. We are blood-bought. We are children of the King. We are oh, children of the Most High. His name is Jesus. And we, we are the people that are called out. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Our designation is not to walk around and look down at others. Our designation is to be servants. He says in verse 1, I am Jude and I am a servant of Jesus Christ. It's not time for celebrity pastors and big U's and little U's. It's not time for us to argue about things that don't matter. It matters What about the faith. What about the faith that God has called you to? I love to preach the gospel this morning, but I am drawn to the fact that I need to help you understand. We cannot preach to others what we are not living ourselves. I'm preaching to the church. I'm preaching to these four walls. I'm preaching to the church next door. I'm preaching to the church across town. I'm preaching to the church uh, across the nation. I'm preaching uh, to a spirit in this hour uh, that's trying to make the church water down uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know his blood is gross. Uh, and he said, though, if you don't partake of it, uh, you'll be none of his. Uh, there is a place in time where we must understand that we can change our methods, uh, but we we can never change uh, the absoluteness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you believe what I'm saying, come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. The tenor of this pastor, the tenor of this pastor is in once a, a, a frustrated in a way that I'm mad at the devil. Somebody say, I'm mad at the devil. I'm mad at the devil, but I'm, I'm mad at myself for believing the devil. Come on, I'm mad at myself for believing the The devil is still a liar and the father of liars. He is not telling the truth at any time in your life. He's not telling the truth. You cannot listen to a liar. If you do, you're going to be damned along with him because he is trying to remove that confidence of God in your life. 
we find that he said there are certain individuals whose condemnation was written about a long time ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people. They are ungodly people. It doesn't mean we treat them wrong or we treat them any differently. I don't even think there's anybody here that I'm thinking of or trying. Please don't think that for a moment that I think one of you or those watching. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not suggesting. I'm telling you it's a spirit in our hour. Uh, it's a spirit that I'm talking to uh, that's trying to slip in and trying to make us feel as if we are saved when we're not. Who has what? Perverted the grace of our God into a license of immorality and denied Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. He talks here in verse 4 about this spirit of ungodliness, this spirit that is against God. They parade in religion, but they are ungodly in their presentation. They pervert the grace of God. You know that this pastor, Pastor Nate, is a grace preacher. Pastor Nate believes unequivocally, absolutely, that there is a grace of God that keeps you in the midst of your greatest sins. It allows you to repent when he confronts you. It allows you to stay saved while you're working things out. It allows you to slip into a presence of God when you don't deserve to slip into the presence of God. It brings you to an altar. It brings you salvation. It brings you to a place where you say, not my will, but thy will be done. But Paul stated, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? His words were simple, God forbid. It's not time to get away from grace. No, it's time to embrace the absoluteness of grace and understand what it can do for me and understand what it cannot do for me. It cannot protect me from willful sin. It cannot protect me from places where I refuse to give my heart to Jesus Christ. It's in this place that God is speaking to all of us. He in Jude, Jude writes, there were three proofs that he shows. He just tells us about these ungodly people. But then he goes into three proofs from the past. This church knew exactly who he was talking about. They were mostly Jews and they had heard the writings and they had heard the stories. For in verse 5 we find the first proof. Uh, he says this, though you already know this. Come on, someone shout, I already know this. I already know this. I'm not preaching for your response. I would like your response, but I'm going to tell you I'm preaching for the working of the Word of God in the hearts of men and women. He says, you already know this. I want to note that again. Most of us in this room and online, we already know what we're supposed to be doing for the kingdom of God. We can walk around and say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but God has set down some things. You should be praying no matter what. Uh, you should be fasting no matter what. Uh, you should be a worshiper no matter what. Uh, you should say my God is good uh, no matter what. There's some things that we know that we forget. But he says already, you already know this. I want to remind you though that the Lord at one time, hear me today, delivered uh, uh, his people, his people out of Egypt. Then he says these words, but later, someone shout, but later, destroyed those who did not believe. 
Jesus can save you, but it's your choice whether you will continue to be saved. Your actions will dictate where you end up. You are not this untouchable soul that you're once saved and always saved. No, that's not bore out at all in the word of the Lord. What it tells us is that we must continue in faith. That we must contend for the faith. That we've got to walk according to the word of God. That we got to be holy. we got to be righteous. we got to work to our own salvation through grace and faith. Why? Because it's not by my works, but it's by his work on Calvary. I have got to do something though. This is not a non-participation sport. This is something that I must get up and I must participate with. I've got to decide. Uh, when I get up in the morning uh, I'm going to do my best to live for Jesus Christ uh, I may fall down uh, I may sin uh, but I'm going to run to the altar uh, I'm going to fall on my face and say Lord forgive me uh, and John says he is faithful and just to forgive you of all uh, unrighteousness uh, it's not mm, I'm going to preach for a little while uh, it's not that we should walk around in condemnation there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are where? In Christ Jesus. I want to ask you today, online and in this room, are you in Christ Jesus? Are you in Christ? If you are, I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to those that are in Christ. Will you contend for the faith? He continues on and says, but later destroyed those who did not believe. Uh, we cannot simply say, well, I got saved, it's all over. No, uh, we got to continue to contend for the faith. His grace will save you. Uh, it is a guarantee. Uh, he goes on in verse 6 and he says, and reminds us of the second proof. Remember the angels who kept not their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling? These he has kept in darkness, bound with chains, everlasting chains, for judgment on the great day. It's interesting. He points to the Israelites in Egypt and says, they were my people. They were my people. I called them out. I called them out. But that did not negate the fact that they still had to obey my word. The angels were holy. They were another kind. Mankind, angel kind, God kind. I'm here to tell you that God said to us, you remember the angels? They rebelled. Peter records this very thing. They kept not their first estate. There was a place. He says, if I didn't let the angels get away with it, who do you think you are that you will get away with it? If I didn't let a third of the angels walk around and boast about their sin, who do we think we are we've got to repent we got to turn around we got to move beyond the third place and the third proof of the past Jude reminds them in verse 7 in a similar way Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding time, towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion they served as an example of those who suffered punishment of eternal fire he gives us these three proofs from the past to show us and to show the readers of this church we're not so special that God will not judge us he gives us these examples to show us that there is more to just being saved we need to be saved and the continuation of our salvation 
is brought about by our obedience to God's word. Then Jude gives us the five types of people he saw in the church. In verse 8, he says, and I'm not going to read all these, but I'm going to read just the, the captions of them, the, the overview of them. And in verse 8, you can read at home, he talks about these dreamers defile, and they reject authority, and they're blasphemers. Uh, he gives us an example of this in verse 9 when he talks about Michael the archangel and how he battled over the body of Moses with the devil and how uh, not even the archangel Michael would say, uh, in my own name will I get rid of you. No, he says, I come to you uh, in the name uh, of the Lord. Uh, oh, please, in Jesus' name, hear me. Uh, don't you ever pray in your own name. Uh, don't you ever try to cast out a spirit in your own name. Uh, there's only one name. A given amongst men whereby we must be saved. It is the name of Jesus that the demons came out and ran to the pigs. It's by the name of Jesus that sickness fled and demons left. And there was by the name of Jesus that lepers were not just healed but made whole. They got their fingers back and their nose back and their arm back. Why? Because this name of Jesus, this man who died on Calvary and shed his blood for you, he came to save you. But Jews is reminding us that there's another side to the coin that we cannot live as they were living I'm out from underneath the law how many know and are thankful that we're not living under the law anymore amen but he also lets them know you can't just go live to your own accord you can't live by your own word you've got to live by the word of God he tells us these are ungodly people blasphemers and I will destroy them in verse 10. In verse 11, he reminds them about Cain, 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 Balaam, and Korah. I want you to think about that reminder. He gave them these examples of the proofs of the past. But then he reminded them about the people that did blaspheme and did reject authority. He gave them very clear understanding. Don't be like Cain. Cain offered his own sacrifice when God asked for another. Balaam, you got to watch what you're worshiping. And of course, Korah, he decided to raise up against Moses and the leadership. And God swallowed him whole. It's in a place where his reminder comes clarity. I'm telling you the book of Jude, the one page of Jude is not for the faint of heart. And I'm preaching to you because I love you and because God has ministered to me and said this is the hour. Not time to preach about three easy ways to balance your checkbook. But it's time to preach about the fact that Jesus is coming again and we need to be ready to meet him in glory it's time to remove the sin from our lives and live to the best of our ability in holiness yes where I fall down grace will pick me up where I fall down mercy will come and rescue me but if I'm not in relationship with my heavenly father if I'm not in relationship with Jesus Christ then I how can I cry out and hear me and rescue me from something hello somebody that I am willfully still walking in 
in. It's in this place today that I hear the Lord saying, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. We're living in the hour of revelation. We're living in the hour of the church of Laodicea. He reminds them about Cain, Balaam, and Korah. In the third type, he in verse 12 and 13, we find these people that had blemishes on their love. Their love was hollow. Their love was not real. It was fake. It was a charade. And he also talks about people that are clouds that have no water in them. They are waterless clouds. They look real. They act real. But when it's time for the Spirit to be called down, there's no rain in the cloud that they are in. It's here that he explains that God is not going to put up with it. He talks in 14 and verse 15. He quotes Enoch and the prophecies of warning from Enoch. We find in verse 16 the fourth type of person. Not only did we have the blasphemers and those that rejected authority and defilers, not only those that were blemished in their love or waterless clouds, now we're talking about the grumblers in verse 16, the malcontent, the flatterers, those that have nothing but complaint on their lips, those that see everything negative, those that cannot find the goodness of God. We sung about the goodness of God. And oh, Hannah, you are so right, dear sister. And no matter what we're going through, God is still good and his mercy endures forever. In verse 17 through 23, there is the fifth type. We find he talks about these others in verses before that. But it's in verse 17 that he sees the faithful. Someone shout the faithful. Go, oh, come on, shout it like you're yelling at your neighbor. The faithful, come on. Uh, come on, uh, the faithful. He sees uh, you and I. He says these words and read them with me in verse 17. But dear friends, but dear, there those words are. He started out with dear friends and now he's calling us friend again. But oh dear friends, remember. Someone shout remember. Uh, look at your neighbor and shout, I better remember. Come on, uh, I better remember. Remember, 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 remember. Remember where God brought you from. Remember what God is doing in your life. Remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. In verse 18 he says, They said unto you, in the last Time. Someone shout the last times. There will be scoffers uh, who will follow their own ungodly desires. There will be scoffers that make you think that right is wrong and wrong is right. There will be scoffers that pressure you not by the word of God uh, or the edicts of God or those commandments of God, but by their own ungodly desires. These are the people, in verse 9, he says, who will, what, divide you. These are the people who divide you. These are the people that divide you. These are the people that divide you. We are going into a season that I dread. It's called the election season. 
And I want you to tell somebody in your life, uh, I love you no matter what. Uh, I'm not here to talk politics. I'm here to talk about Jesus. I'm not here to talk about things I can do nothing about. Uh, I'm here to talk about Jesus. Uh, Because these, listen, these are the last times. uh, And scoffers will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divides you. Anything that divides the body of Christ is not of Christ. Who among you can shout amen? We are here to be unified. I heard a quote this last week that I'm going to quote a lot, and it's so true. You cannot have unity without diversity. I'm going to say it one more time. You cannot have unity without diversity. You see, if we all think the same way, we already have unity by the fact that we are thinking in the same way. Come on now, somebody. But if we all have our own thoughts and we all have our own relationships with Jesus Christ, we're going to see things a little differently. We're going to hear things a little differently. Uh, Someone shout, that's okay. Come on now. Understand uh, that it's not about me, but it's rather about the unity of the body uh, of Jesus Christ. So therefore, hear me today, uh, we cannot have unity without diversity. Uh, Diversity is what we have to submit to God. Uh, In our diversity, we can become the most unified body of believers that there ever has been. Why? Because uh, it means we're actually putting some things down at the altar to sacrifice, no, not ourselves, uh, but the ideas that would keep us apart. I'm here to preach to somebody that those are the people that divide you. Oh, I knew it would get quiet. I actually wrote my notes. They're going to get really super quiet right here. Who follow, listen, 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 who follow what mere natural instincts. Not supernatural. Not godly. Natural instincts. I I want to tell you today that unifying the body of Christ is my number one call. Unifying, because if we are not unified, we cannot win a world to a unified Christ. We cannot win a world to a disrupted, uh, splintered people. God is calling us. I wasn't going to say this this morning, but next year's theme is thy kingdom come. We're going to talk about the kingdom all year long. Why? Because it's about the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Why? Uh, The kingdom of heaven is like unto, the kingdom of heaven is like unto. Why? Thirteen times he tells thirteen parables about what the kingdom of heaven is like. And not one of those parables tells us that it's ever divided. Unity comes when we decide. Someone shout decide. When we decide, you know what, we are living in the last days. uh, And I'm not going to follow my mere natural instincts. uh, Because if I follow my natural instincts, I will not have the Spirit of God leading me. In verse 20 he says, but you. Someone shout, but you. Look at your neighbor and say, but you, my friend. Come on, huh? but you, my friend. Sister Hannah, I'm talking to you today. I'm talking to you, Sister Whitney. God is speaking to us today. Dear friends, there it is again. In verse 17, he says, dear friends. Earlier in the chapter, he calls us friends. And now verse 20. You know why? Because he's trying to develop a rapport. I, I just was really hard on these folks. And I really gave them a what to and wherefore. Uh, I got to make sure, listen, I'm still your friend. Hi, my name is 
Nate. I'm pastor here and I'm still your friend. Uh, I'm just preaching the word of God as it is written uh, and not by my thoughts or my ways or my standards, uh, but rather by the word of God, the standard of God. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. He says what? He says, but you, dear friends, huh? But you, dear friends, you got to remember. Someone shout, remember. <laughs> Come on, someone shout, remember. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but then he says in verse 20, you just don't got to remember, but you got to build yourself up in your most holy faith. You've got to build yourself up in your most holy faith. You cannot rely on yesterday's sacrifice to get you through the problems and the difficulties of this hour. You cannot rely on the things that you used to be or used to do, but rather you need to have a fresh fire and a fresh passion for what God is calling us to be. But it'll never happen if you don't build yourself up in your most holy faith. How do I do that prayer? Praying in the Holy Spirit. This morning I had you lift your hands and exercise the gift of tongues in every one of you. Why? Because you cannot just build yourself in your own tongue. You need to build yourself up in the power of the Holy Ghost, in the power of the Spirit of God in your life. You've got to pray. I said you better pray. I said you better pray. I said you better pray. Why? We're living in an hour that's trying to knock prayer out of us. Because prayer is what will bring us to the throne room of heaven. Prayer is where Hannah got an answer. Prayer is where Jesus communed with the Father. Prayer is the place of your commitment. Prayer is the place of your deliverance. Prayer is the place of your miracle. Prayer, 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 prayer is the place of what God wants to do in your life. You ask me, Pastor, why am I struggling so hard? Because you're trying to live in a world over here and God is calling you over here and you're stretched you are frustrated you are upset and God is simply saying this would you sit down for a second and cry out to me and pray in the Holy Ghost pray, 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 pray you want better worship? Uh, pray. You want better uh, God doing things in your life? Pray. You want a better job? Pray. You want better family? Pray. You want a husband? Pray. You want a wife? Pray. Why? Because prayer is still the heaven's voice. Uh, prayer is still answered. Uh, prayer is how I do it. Ah, uh, uh, someone shout prayer. Prayer, 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 prayer. We have prayer at 4 p.m. on Monday nights. We have prayer uh, every Saturday in this building for men uh, and women and families. Uh, we have prayer. Why? Because prayer is the basis uh, of everything that Jude is talking about. A church that is praying uh, is not complaining. Uh, a church that is praying uh, is not backbiting. Uh, a church that is praying uh, is not living in sin. Uh, a church that's praying uh, is found itself uh, in the holy oil of Israel. Oh, praying church is what God has called us to. Building yourself up in the most what? Holy faith. And praying in the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, keep yourself in God's love. Oh, come on now. Huh? 
I said, keep yourself in God's love. Come here, Thomas. Keep yourself in God's love. 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 There's an imaginary place right here that you've got to, you cannot move from. You cannot move. I, I'm going to tell you something. That, that's where the enemy wants, he wants to allure you. He wants to tell you things like, hey, come over here. I want to show you something. You can come right back. I promise it's no big deal. You can do this and get away with it. It's not a big deal. It's okay. It's okay. Listen, if he's faithful and just to forgive you, you can just ask for forgiveness. It's better to get forgiveness than a permission, right? So you can do this. So you can leave. So he comes to you with his voice. He tries to allure you. Uh, let me, he quotes scripture to you. You go online and find somebody to agree with you. And he goes, but then after the voice comes, there's more than just the voice of Satan. He comes and he's a tire kicker. Yeah? He ever went to the dealership and tried to buy a car? I know uh, Brother Xavier and, and the Wilson family just went through this. Uh, and you go around, you kick the tires. Eh, let me see here, let me see. But you see, the devil doesn't have the keys to that car. You see, because you've been bought with a price, you've been paid for in full, he has no way to start your car, he can't get into your car, he can't get around. Why? Oh, all he can do is walk around and talk to your car. You know what? You better listen, man. That's a little strict, man. I mean, come on. This is modern times. I mean, seriously. I mean, that was written a long time ago. I don't think God really meant it that way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how could the prophet prophesy about something he didn't know about? I mean, come on. I know. I mean, I know God's word is forever settled in heaven. But but this one thing, I think you can get away with it. And he tries to allure us with our minds and our own thinking and our own stuff. Then, he starts pushing you. We find this, the story of Job. Job, I'm preaching today. I hope you're with me today. We find this in the story of Job because now he began to afflict Job. If I, okay, he won't leave with my voice. Maybe if I, if I can push him away. But see, you got to fight me back, Thomas. Because he said, contend for the faith. You can't just let me push you around. Because when I push you around and get you off your center, I've got you. You're done. You're over. You're through. You're kaput. You're in the place where now you're going to have to run around, be confused, and have all kinds of issues in your life. And you're going to have a place in your life where you're going to come back to because the Word of God is in your mind, in your heart. And God's Spirit will never quit reaching for you and never quit running after you uh, and never quit reaching in a place of mercy. But you, you, can, you, can, you can skip all that if you, if, you, if, you, if you will stay planted. If you'll content. I, I want you to witness, but I, how can you witness if you're not planted? I, if, if I can just get you off a little bit, you can push me back, Thomas, right? Resist the devil and he shall, right? He shall, come on now, he shall flee from you. And the devil's going to take up a little break, right? I'm going to leave him alone for a minute. He's going to get distracted here in a little bit. Listen, he's going to get distracted. I'm going to let some things happen in his life. But I'm coming back because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push him again. And I'm going to have to let, but if you make up your mind in your heart that I will not be moved, I will not be shaken, I will not go, I will not, I will not, I will not. You know what's great about this? Is that Sister Whitney uh, can come over here uh, and she can, uh, she can stand beside her brother in the Lord, right? Uh, and when I push, she can push with me and, uh, and she can push on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she can steady him. Uh, why? Because where two or three are gathered in his name, uh, there he is in the midst of him. Uh, there is a place of contending for the faith. Uh, I want to know who in this room is contending uh, for the faith.
Come on, act like it a little bit. If one can put 5,000, if two can put 10,000, how many can a whole church when it stands together in unity? Woo! I said, woo! God is trying to shake us at our borders, shake us at our core. He's trying to shape us in this post-demic, past post-demic hour for what? For one reason, one reason alone. He's coming again. And you better be ready. Thank you, guys. <sighs> Sister Tabitha. You gracious, amazing lady, come rescue my, myself here. Verse 21, keep yourself. Someone shall keep myself in God's love as you what? I said what? I can't hear you what? I can't hear what? I want you to keep yourself in God's love. Not because everything's fine. Not because everything's dandy. Not because everything's figured out. Because what? It's time to wait on the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you what? Eternal life. Listen, verse 22. Be merciful. Listen to me. Be merciful. Don't be ugly to people that are losing it. Don't be looking down your nose because if it was not for him, there would be be. Don't be looking down, you know, don't people that are in sin, don't act like you've never sinned before because we're all sinners saved by the grace of God. People that are walking according to the enemy's voice, don't act like you've never ever listened to the enemy's voice in your life. You act in mercy. Mercy. To those who doubt, listen, here it is. Here, here it comes. Here it is. Now, now, now that you've figured out, but you, dear friends... Build yourself up. Remember, keep yourself. Be merciful. Now it's time for the gospel. When you have settled who you are in Christ, it's time for the gospel. The gospel, he says in verse 23, save others. Listen to me carefully. Save others. Mm. Someone shout, save others. By snatching them from the fire. Snatching them from the fire. Not participating in the fire. Not running around and trying to figure out if you can get away with the fire. No, no. Snatching them from the fire. And he goes on to say, uh, to others show mercy mixed with fear. What are you afraid of? I'm afraid for a moment uh, that I'm going to show you mercy and that somehow the enemy is what? He's going to lure me into the same fire he got you into. Uh, so that's why I need two or three that are gathered. That's why I need to come to God's house. Why? Because I need the strength of the body of Christ. That's why I need to watch on Sunday mornings because I need the strength of the body of Christ. What does he say? Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear. Hating even the cloths, the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Can I ask you a question? Do you hate sin?
you hate it enough to get rid of it out of your closet? What clothing do you still own that's tucked away in the back? I have a corner of my closet that I haven't seen in 28 years. I know there's some stuff back there. <laughs> I went through it just a minute and I thought, no, nope, not today, devil. You're not taking me down that path. I went back in that back. It's a, it's, it, my closet has, a, has like a closet and there's another closet that comes out and kind of covers it up and kind of tucks it away. It's kind of hidden in the back there. And it's got, I, there's one suit that has more, I'm not lying, more dust on the, on the, on the lapels. That I, it was like, I tried to brush it. It was just like, and I started sneezing. My wife said, why, why are you keeping that suit? I don't know, I might be able to fit in it someday. I, you know, it was, I, I had that suit since I was 19. You're 54. Shark skin is not coming back in. How many of you have something in your closet? Mm, I'm just going to preach right now by the Holy Ghost. The sin that does so easily beset you and you have left it there in hopes that God would just Ignore it. And that you could ignore it until it was time to bring it out. Hatred or bitterness. Bigotry. I don't know. What is it? What is it that is creeping around the back of your closet that God wants you to get rid of it? Because it's been corrupted by the flesh. Oh God. Come on, someone say, oh God. Let me be one of the faithful. Let me rise up. How do I do that, you might ask, Pastor? Well, it all started in our text. And I close with this passage. It all started with that very first verse I, I read to you some 35, 40 minutes ago. It's in verse 1. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to those who have been what? Called. Come on. Called, come on, called, I can't hear you, what? You see, James started out this diatribe, this prophecy, this letter to the church, knowing what he had to write, but James, I'm sorry, but Jude was very, very clear that he knew who he was. Hear me today. He knew he doesn't call himself an apostle, a prophet. He doesn't call himself a preacher or a pastor. He doesn't call himself a disciple. What does he call himself? A servant. I know who I am. I know that I'm the brother of James, which he could have said, and the brother of Jesus. But he didn't do that, did he? He could have claimed to fame, but he didn't do that. He knew who he was. You see, he was who he was before he wrote this. He didn't show up and write this in order to find something that uh, would make him famous or be written down in a book that would be read thousands of years later. No, no. He wrote this because he knew who he was and he knew who the church could be. He writes this to those who have been called. Someone shout, I've been called. Come on, say it again. I've been called. Who are what? Loved in God the Father and kept 
for Jesus Christ. He says what? Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Come on, stand with me today. your hands all over the house. Sing this as a prayer. in Christ. He knows no matter what, Sister Roseanne, I'm called. <laughs> I'm loved. And I've been kept by Jesus Christ. No matter what the devil throws at me, I have to remember I'm called by God. He spoke my name. He called me out from among them to be separated for his namesake. No matter what's happening in my health, I know that I am loved. I'm loved by a Father that loves me in eternal love, a love that is unshakable, it's undeniable, it is unbreakable. I'm loved in a way that you cannot love me. There's only one that can love me this way, and his name is Jesus. And not only that, he has kept me, he has pulled me, he has brought me, he has guaranteed my salvation. When I walk in his word and I understand who I am, I know he's going to keep me for eternal life. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I feel like I'm talking to everybody in the house, the walls, and everybody that's watching. I've been preaching this. If you ask those guys that have been showing up to my ministry class, they will tell you we've been talking about this for some time now. Why? Because it's that important in this hour that you know who you are. Today I want to do something. I want to ask you, not because it's popular, not because others might do it, but because you, you and you alone, that you want to say, Father, I, I, I'm tired of straddling my flesh and your calling. I'm tired of listening to my flesh and responding to your love. Lord, I'm tired of feeling unkept like I might be lost because of my actions, because of my sin. If you are in this place today and God is calling you to a higher place, a place of recommitment, a place, a commitment to unity, a commitment to the cross of Christ, a commitment that you and your house will be saved. If God is speaking to you today in this way, if God is whispering your name and pricking your heart with conviction, not condemnation, 
Therefore is what? No condemnation to them that are where? In Christ. You're in Christ today, but will you stay? Will you please make preservation? Will you please take time to stay? Because it was an unpraying church that ended up with all those issues. But there was a remnant. Someone shout, there was a remnant. There was a remnant. That fifth category. (laughs) There was a remnant. He said, oh, but friends, I'm talking to you. You are who God is after. You're going to love everyone. You're going to strive and reach for everyone. But listen to me today. God is asking this church, you as individuals, will you heed the call of commitment to re-engaging in the kingdom of God like never before? Like never before. Like never before. If this truly is the last days, then we should see the fields and know that they are ready and ripe unto harvest. Who will go? So today, I'm going to open this altar up. Whosoever will. I'd love to see every one of you at this altar. I'm going to be at this altar. If you need prayer today in your body, your mind, your spirit, your finances, your health, I'll be right here to pray with you. But hear me today. God is calling this church. And you as the body, you are the church. He's calling you to a place. The Lord has given me some fresh revelation. I'll be sharing with those. God is speaking to the heart of this pastor. God is going to move some things. And God is going to do some things. Come on. Come. Resubmit your life to God today. Resubmit yourself. Show me. Because I'm called. I'm loved. (laughs) And I'm kept. time come on it's not time to take your foot off the gas it's time to put your foot in the gas it's time to say all the way all in all in all in ah yeah there is no one like you there is none beside open up my eyes in wonder show me Oh